If you have your Bible with you today, I want to invite you to find the book of Acts. We're going to be in Acts chapter 28. And today, uh, we're actually going to be concluding our series that we have been in since Easter. Can you believe that? Easter. Oh, my goodness. Uh, We've been in this series called The Not-So-New Way. And we have been on this journey through the book of Acts ever since Easter, taking a look at this book, diving deep, learning and pulling things out that will challenge us to grow in our faith, for us to step up in our faith. And it has been an amazing journey. Uh, And I know that for myself, and I know Pastor Josiah would probably also say this, that after diving deep into the book of Acts, like taking my time and actually reading through this and pondering what God has for us in it, I will never look at the book of Acts or read it the same. I will never look at it the same. And I'm excited for us to conclude this book, but there's always this weird sense of something ending. You know, I don't know if some of you are like me and you're like, oh, crap, this has been really good. I don't want it to stop. Uh, There's this weird sense of ending, and it can be kind of a letdown. But to me, ending the book of Acts, as I have been looking at this final chapter, at the final verses of the book of Acts, I'm not let down. I'm so excited. I'm pumped up. I think this is a launching point for our church and for our community and what we can do as Jesus followers. So this is not a letdown at all to finish this series. I'm pumped. I'm so excited for what God can and will do through each and every one of us if we will listen and allow him to work and transform and speak into our lives. So this morning, my challenge for you is this. Let's be ready. Let's be like sitting on the edge of our seats expecting and anticipating that God has something for you this morning. Let's not just be in church this morning to check a box, to say that we've done it, but let's be anticipating that God has something. And so if you are willing this morning and you are able, would you please stand with me? And I just want to pray over our next few minutes together. Father God, I need you. God, because this isn't about me, it's not about my words, but it's about yours. And so, God, over the next few moments, as we take a look at the final words of the book of Acts, God, would you speak to us in such a powerful way? God, if there's something in our hearts and our minds that's weighing us down, that's distracting us in this moment, God, I pray that you would take it away, that we would easily set it aside to hear from you this morning. God, help these words, again, not be from me, but directly from you. Because, God, it's all about you. And I'm so excited as we leave here today what you have for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. We, like I said, we're in Acts chapter 28 this morning. And before we get to the text, uh, I'm going to do kind of like what Pastor Josiah has done with several sections of the book of Acts. Uh, And I'll be paraphrasing some of the rest of this chapter Uh, But I really want to encourage you, like, go back and read it for yourself. Don't depend on coming on a Sunday morning and being fed and thinking that will fill you for the week, but go back and actually read the text for yourself and be prepared for God to speak to something maybe different. Not, like, opposite, but something more. Every time I've gone back and read something that I feel like I've read over and over again, God speaks something different. He shows me something different. And so I just want to challenge you, as I paraphrase this, as we're not looking directly at all of the verses this morning, dig into God's word, because that's where transformation is going to happen. A daily time in God's word. And so last week we left off in the first part of Acts, kind of the half or three quarters of the Acts chapter 28, with Paul on the island of Malta. 
And Paul had uh, just gotten done. He'd survived the shipwreck with 276 other people. It's amazing. Not one of them died. They all survived this crazy shipwreck. They get on this island. He's gathering wood, and he gets bit by a poisonous snake. It was crazy. I mean, if it was me, I'm out with the snake. I mean, I'd be like, God, I'm done. I don't like snakes. This is ridiculous. I just got bit. I'm waving the white flag. But Paul, he did not. He, he, he does not. He continues on. He continues seeking God for how God wants to use him in this time. Uh, he didn't just sit around and wait. He was used by God powerfully. In fact, in, in a life of an important man, really, on this island. Uh, and through Paul, God healed many people, actually, on this island. Because of this important man, Paul had gone to his, this home. He had a family member sick, and he prayed over him, and God healed him. Not Paul, God. God used Paul in that situation. And then people started bringing their sick and, and people that needed to be healed to him, and he healed, God healed many people there through Paul. I believe that Paul continued to share the gospel. Again, he was not to be stopped. He was not going to be stopped. And at the end of three months, because of what God had done and used Paul in such a powerful way, and the others, like all of you, everybody was giving many honors. And they were actually provided everything that they needed to get on a ship to go to Rome. And Paul arrives then in Rome and was allowed to stay in a home or a house, whatever, by himself, guarded by a, a Roman soldier. And he spent that time, basically what he did when he got to Rome, he's like, hmm, I got nice digs, there's only one guy here, let me invite some people over. That's the way I looked at it. And he said, so he invited leading men of the Jewish faith that were there in Rome, uh, and he, he brought them together to explain his story. Basically how he had come to Rome and why he was there, that he was there in chains for the gospel of Christ. He was there for the nation of Israel, not just the Gentiles, but for Israel too. Like, this was their hope. Jesus was their hope. He, had got, he was kind of under the assumption, really, he, he went into the detail with him of why he was there, because I think he was under the assumption that, I mean, they say in the text that, he had, that they had received word of him from Jerusalem. Jerusalem being the place where he was arrested. And so he assumed that they had heard the accusations and that uh, he really wanted to set them straight on why he was there. It wasn't about the arrest. It was about God calling him to Rome. And they explained to him quickly that, well, we haven't heard anything, but we want to hear from you. And so over the next few verses, Paul has large crowds come to him and speak, and he explains everything. I love that over throughout the book of Acts, over and over, they have gone through in different situations. Stephen and Paul have gone through the history all the way back to the law of Moses through the Psalms and the prophets and how Jesus has fulfilled all of these things. And see, we went back through the history with these Jewish leaders and referred to the law of Moses, the prophets, morning till night. This is all he did. My message will not be that long, I promise. It will not be from morning till night. Uh, but of course, like before, when Paul has shared the gospel of Jesus and who Jesus was and how he has fulfilled these things, this once again has brought dispute and disagreements. And they really basically walk away in this feud, some of them believing what Paul has shared with them and some of them going, nope, I want nothing to do with it. Their ears are closed, their eyes are closed. He actually, if you read the text, he goes into the prophet Isaiah basically calling them out saying, I see this in the future. Your eyes are closed and you're unwilling to see. Your ears are closed and you're unwilling to hear. And so Paul, the, Paul is not surprised by this. He is not surprised. He has seen this over and over. Again, some accepting this and some disagreeing with it. Which brings us to the final two verses in the book of Acts. And I want us to actually look at those final verses starting in verse 30. 
And it says this, For two whole years Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. The end. What? We've just read the final book, words of the book of Acts, and I don't know if anybody else, like when I first read it, I'm like, what? Like, Luke, this is how you're going to end this story? Anybody else feel like you do at the end of a book, or maybe it's a movie or a TV series finale, and it ended in a different way than you expected? Like, you're like, what? The conclusion of a book or a TV or a film always creates some sort of reaction, right? We're either happy, we're sad, we're mad because it didn't end the way we wanted it to. I don't know. And or maybe it ends on a cliffhanger. I hate cliffhangers. They're the worst. I enjoy happy endings. Anybody with me? I like, I like happy endings. Come on, let's be... Let, anyone, uh, Buster and I watch films... And uh, if it's sad or somewhat unresolved at the end of it, I often say something like, what? You can't end it that way. What happened after? I have all these questions. And Buster, in true Buster form, will usually disagree with me. And he'll say something like this. I like it. <laughs> that was very realistic. In which I respond to something like this. I don't want reality. I want a happy ending. I want an answer to my questions. I want to know what happens next. But the, book, but the author Luke in the book of Acts, he wasn't writing to make it a happy ending. I mean, if you look at history, there really wasn't a happy ending for Paul. But he didn't write it either to answer all of our questions. And as I was looking at and just praying over the final book, uh, uh, the words of Acts, I asked, what are we to make of how Luke concludes this book? We have been on this journey. Luke has taken us a captivating journey, really. But the end of it is a bit frustrating at first glance. Up to Acts 28, Luke has led us to Paul's trial before Caesar, but nothing after is said about the trial in the final verses. It's completely unresolved. We're left without answers about the end of Paul's life. I just have to think, can you imagine reading a novel and coming to this kind of ending? I mean, I think I would write the publisher and go, yo, you forgot some pages. It's missing a chapter. Luke has taken us on this journey, and we see how God's plan throughout all of this book is moving forward no matter what has happened. And so today, what I'm really titling this message for our final look at the book of Acts is this, to be continued. To be continued. Luke doesn't end the book in a typical way. He doesn't go into the details or answer all the questions that maybe you and I are sitting here going, what? Why? And it's really, it's not a cliffhanger. He didn't write it to be a cliffhanger. It's open-ended because the story it's not done. It's to be continued. We must remember that Luke didn't intend to write a biography of Paul here and his travels. It's not for us to enjoy a biography about somebody's life and all that God did through him. Those are great things about all the places that he went and what he did. He set out to describe the unstoppable progress of the gospel. Nothing was going to stop God's plan from moving forward. His first book, 
The Gospel of Luke described all that Jesus began to do and what he taught until the day that he was taken up. The book of Acts, then, is about everything that Jesus continues to do now after he had been taken up. Through people who were willing and being led by the Spirit, they were willing to be obedient to, do, to go and to be where God wanted them to be. That is the story of Acts. It's about how the ministry of Jesus continued and is continuing by the Spirit and through his church. It is not a cliffhanger. It is to be continued. So Luke's message ended, ends up being something like this. If you were to put it in a sentence, we've, it says this. This book is finished, but the mission isn't. The book of Acts is done. I've wrote about Paul and all he did in the early church to give you an example of what, what you should be doing. But the mission isn't done. There shouldn't be an ending to the book of Acts. Luke, in a way, says, I have documented the beginning part of the story, but the story isn't finished. The mission is not finished. We, as Jesus' followers in every generation, have the opportunity to enter the story of Acts. Every single one of us. Each and every one of us and countless others are part of this ongoing Christ-exalting mission. God will replace the messengers but the message and the mission will go on until he returns. Until he returns. We are Acts chapter 29. Or 78, whatever you want to call it. Or 92. Whatever. It does not end. Acts does not end. And we need to understand and we need to recognize that we have the distinct privilege of continuing this mission. Every single one of us. We have that same opportunity that, that God gave Paul. Maybe you've had an experience with God and you're like, I'm not worthy. You are worthy. Paul himself would say, I was the worst of sinners. And yet God used him powerfully. Sometimes I think we read of these people in, in Acts or throughout the Bible and they were like perfect in our eyes. They were not. They were just willing and obedient to be used by God. Are we? Or are we so easily uh, distracted by the comforts of what we have? So what does this mean for us today? This means we should be living our lives as if we are being sent. As Paul was sent. Sent. Do you feel like you're sent by God? If not, you need to talk to him about it because he sent each and every one of us. He's created us with a purpose and a plan to be used in this story, to be a part of Acts 29. He gives us the same invitation to go, to be a part and being sent out and be a part of God's plan moving forward. And I just have three ways that I was thinking about how, how do we live sent? How do, how do we do this? How do we walk this out? What are three ways that we really need to be sent out of these doors into our community and into our world. And the first one is this. We need to live out our faith and share the gospel as if we were sent. And I know that I was like looking at that sentence and I'm like, Aaron, does that even make sense? But you know what? Yeah, it does. We need to live it out, live out our faith and share the gospel as if you were sent. Not, not when we have the opportunity. We should be living every moment of every day seeing the opportunities all around us. 
all around us. No longer just a Sunday morning thing or when we're handing something out, oh, I'm, I'm going to hand you this and walk away. No, we need to be involved with people's lives. We need to build relationships with people. We need to live this out. We need to live with a purpose like we were sent by God himself. We don't want to just sit and look at what Jesus has done in our lives as a ticket to heaven. That's not what God has called us to at all. He has called us to something more. But we need to allow God to transform our lives and to listen to the guiding of the Holy Spirit and to, to live as if we are actually part of God's story. Not be sedentary, but be people of action. Paul didn't sit still. He kept going. We need to share what we know and not keep it to ourselves. We should stop hiding our faith. We should be broadcasting it. At the end of Acts, we read of the Apostle Paul's relentless ministry of the word. Luke tells us that when they had appointed a day for him, they came to him to his lodging in great numbers. From morning into evening, he expounded, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about how Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets, how he had fulfilled it all. At the end of the chapter, we read how Paul taught all the people about the king and the kingdom. From dawn until dusk, a worn, torn, snake-bitten apostle pointing people to Jesus. From Paul's example, we're reminded of the necessity of making disciples by teaching everyone about the king and the kingdom from the scriptures. We need to live our lives as Paul did, bold, unhindered, courageous when it comes to sharing our faith. Being real. Not just talking the talk, but actually walking the walk. Share your story. Your story is so important. It makes you relatable. It's how people are drawn in because then they understand and see in themselves that they are also worthy of what Jesus has done for them. Share how God has changed your life, how he's continuing to transform your life, how he's given you a purpose that he has sent you. It's always special when somebody goes, I was sent here to give you this, right? There isn't a better gift than sharing with somebody the gift of Jesus. Take risks in your invitations. Invite the neighbor that you think would never come. Maybe you've never spoken to them. It will do many things. It will grow your faith. It will give God's spirit a chance to work. Because it's not about you. It's about the spirit's power. Pray for the person at your work, in your neighborhood, that you think wouldn't even walk into church. Because maybe you need to connect with them first. Maybe they need to hear about Jesus outside the church. Because you know what? A lot of people get to know Jesus outside these walls, right? It's not about being in this building. It's about being the church out there. We need to stop living our faith in private. We should live our lives with a mission and be absolutely relentless in what he has sent us to do. The second thing is this, is we need to begin to engage in the diverse community around us as if you were sent to there. We're all here for a reason. God places us in our communities, in our homes, in our families for a reason. We live in a country full of diversity, but God's kingdom encompasses all the nations. All we seem to hear about is diversity and division. Are we, as Christ followers, doing something about it? Are we bringing our differences and culture together, 
or are we the ones causing division? We should be echoing the church in Acts, having churches that are open to being multi-ethnic Jesus movements. Let's learn from each other. Let's grow together. Let's follow Jesus together. doesn't matter where you're from, what your background is, what your ethnicity is. We want to follow Jesus. I believe that we need to understand that in the community around us, it is a mission field. We talk about missions trips, and they're amazing, and you can go to far-off countries that have never heard about Jesus, and we need to do those things. We need to go because there are places who have never heard the name of Jesus. But I also believe that it starts right here at home. Do you view your community as a mission field? We don't have to go anywhere. God is sending them to us when you think about it. That's how I look at diversity. God's sending them to us so that they can know. Or are we looking at it in a different way like the Jewish leaders and we're closing our eyes to it and and closing our ears to what is right in front of us? The opportunity that we have to become a unified, multi-ethnic Jesus movement. Let's remember that Christianity, being a Jesus follower, is not just for America, it's for the globe. Because Jesus is not a tribal deity, but the Lord of the nations. We need to understand that. We are being sent to the diverse communities all around us. And I'm not just talking Long Prairie. I'm talking all over our country. Are we viewing it that way? Are we seeing the opportunity that God is sending them to us for us to share our faith, for us to share who Jesus is? The third thing is this, is we must live sent, trusting in the power and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. This sounds similar to the first one where we live sent, living out our faith, but we need to be sent full of the Holy Spirit, full of his spirit, because I guarantee you if we try and do this without him, we're going to mess it up. We're going to make it our own. We're not going to make it about God. We're going to make it what we're comfortable with. Luke's final picture of Paul in the book of Acts is his tireless ministry of the word, proclaiming Jesus as king with all boldness. And throughout the book of Acts, one cannot miss the emphasis of the spirit-produced courage of Jesus' witnesses. It wasn't because of them, it was because of God and his Holy Spirit in them. One of the signs of the spirit at work in people is this holy boldness and evangelism in ministry. I can attest to this because, you know, about five years ago, this would have terrified me. I hated standing in front of people. But when I experienced God and I dug in and understood who he was and he filled me with his Holy Spirit, I didn't care who I was standing in front of, I was going to talk about Jesus. That same thing is available for you. The people in Acts, including Paul, were clay pots. They were ordinary people. They were reliant upon the Spirit of God to continue the mission of God. And likewise, God has given us the necessary resources, the gospel and the Spirit of God. So my question is this, are we asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Are we living our lives guided and are we listening to the Holy Spirit? Are we doing it our own way, thinking we know it all? If we are living for ourselves and not seeking what he has for us, we are missing out on the purpose that God has for us and the opportunity to move his mission forward. 
Would you please stand with me as we, as we close? I have loved the book of Acts. It has inspired me. It has encouraged me. It gives me purpose. Again, it challenged me. It's a launching point. It makes me understand, again, sometimes we look at this world and the troubles of this world and you're just like, ah, there's no way. But I think if you have been with us throughout the book of Acts, you see that there is nothing that will stop God's mission. It will continue on no matter how bad it looks. And you know how it's going to get better is that people get real about their faith and they get real about being, living and being guided by the Holy Spirit. That's what's going to change things. Luke concluded this book with an interesting phrase about the apostles' ministry, the word saying that Paul continued his bold teaching without hindrance. I think this is, this is Luke's way of speaking about the boundless nature of the gospel. The message of the crucified and risen Christ triumphs over every worldly and spiritual barrier regardless of what might come of, of the messengers. Even though Paul was chained up, the word of God was running free. Luke has stopped along the way to highlight the spread of the gospel and this, and this, the verse that ends the book of Acts is the final reference to the unstoppable progress, the unstoppable mission of Jesus. Acts doesn't end because it's not written. It's still being written. It ends not in a cliffhanger. It's just not done yet. You are writing the next chapter. You and I are writing the next chapter of Acts. It's up to you and me. Are we allowing his spirit to guide us and direct us enough to be used as a part of his plan? To move the gospel forward, his church forward? Paul got the gospel to Rome. Shipwrecked, he'd been stoned, he'd been shipwrecked, been bitten by snakes. He still got to Rome. He still got to where God was calling him to, and he didn't let those things bring him down. He didn't let the heartache of, of the troubles of the world bring him down or make him stop his mission. He continued on and he got the gospel to Rome. Will you get the gospel to your community? Will the gospel get to your community? It's up to you and me. It's our choice whether we choose to participate this and be a part of this movement or we can choose to stand on the sidelines and complain about it. I think that we should be living life unhindered. That we should feel like we are sent, that we have a purpose, that, that we have a community, that we have a world that we need to impact. That we're not just here on accident. God created you as part of this plan. 
I had this question when I, when I spoke on Stephen. And I want to ask it again, is this. Are we allowing his spirit to guide and direct us enough for us to be used in his plan and to move his gospel and his church forward? Understand, Jesus knew we'd need a helper and he sent that promise, not just for the early church. So many of us think, well, that was great for them, but I don't know if I'm worthy. I don't know if I can have those gifts. You, it is available for you and me. The spirit of God that was blowing in Paul's heart is available to you. And then if we are willing, if we are obedient, if we're willing to listen and be guided by that, he can write the next chapter of Acts through you. Throughout the book of Acts, we've seen no matter what happens, we can stand firm that God's plan will move forward. And this mission is to be continued until Jesus concludes it. Not when we give up, not when we feel like we failed in it, but when Jesus concludes it. And when he concludes it, and we will sing like it says in Revelation, worthy is the lamb with the people from every tribe, language, and people and nation. That's when it ends. We have a lot of work to do. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to step up and stop living out a Sunday morning faith? Are we willing to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in each and every moment of our day? To see every opportunity to not close our eyes or look away from things that might be hard or difficult or you have to step out and people are going to know you're a Jesus follower. Like, we need to do this. I told you at the beginning of this, I'm excited about the end of the book of Acts because we have this amazing opportunity as a church here, as a church all over the world to participate in this. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I, I know you're talking about people and being on a mission and being sent, but maybe you're here and you've never heard, heard about a God that loves you, the God that sees you, a God that sent his one and only son to die for you to take your sin, to take your punishment so that you can have eternal life with him and then to be a part of this amazing plan to move it forward. My prayer this morning is that as we end the book of Acts that you are challenged. My prayer is that you just didn't take notes this morning but that you would take those notes and you would apply it to how you live your life. So, Father God, as, as we conclude this amazing book of Acts, it concludes the wrong word, as we continue. As we continue the book of Acts. As we are Acts 29, or whatever chapter it is we are in, God. God, would you help us to live our lives as if we have a purpose, that we are sent by you. That we live on our faith sent, that we, that we be a part of diverse communities and understand that it's not just about the church in America, but it's this global church. It's for all the nations. God, help us to be, to, to be seeking the Holy Spirit in everything that we say and do. God, that as we walk out these doors, that we would be called to action. That we are no longer sitting on our hands and a seat in church, but God, that you have called us that as we walk out the church, out the doors of this church, that church begins. God, I thank you for the author Luke who documented this. I thank you how he, he finished his writing 
in a way that would spur us on. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for continuing to grow us. God, help us to be challenged and transformed by you every day of our lives. God, thank you for Paul's example. Help us to be more like him, who was a fantastic reflection of Jesus. He saw what Jesus did, and he did it. God, help us to know that we have the ability to do the same thing if we will press in. So God, this morning, launch us out of this building into your world. Help us to make an impact. Help us to live sent. In Jesus' name, amen.